five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Kieran. How are you? Michael, I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Although I have to say, I was preparing for the podcast a little bit too late. Uh, I was pushing the, the time and I didn't have time for dinner. And I'm genuinely concerned that my stomach rumbling is going to be audible on the podcast today. So, mm, mm. well, it'll be a nice little, um, nice little audio treat for our listeners. Maybe yeah, exactly. uh, I can do a remix for a later episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little uh, Easter egg. It's a whole half hour <laughs> Easter egg. Can you hear Michael's stomach rumbling in uh, episode? Episode five of yeah. Holy Half Hour Season Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find the rumble, you win a prize. <laughs> Have you had a good week, my friend? I have had a good week, thanks. Yeah, it's been uh, busy-ish. Plenty to do, enough to do. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's been okay. How about you? Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy few weeks. Um, we, mm-hmm. last Sunday, just gone, as we record this episode, we had our first in-person service in our church, mm. which was exciting and a little bit nerve-wracking and lots of work, but it was awesome to worship with people, not in song, because we're not allowed to do that, but with, uh, mm. you know, other means. And it was really encouraging. It was really, really nice. It, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I felt like 50% emotional, 50% just focusing on making sure everything was going right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, as usual, yeah. as usual in church. <laughs> but no, it was great. It's, uh, our, my church has been, they've been meeting a gathering for a while, for mm. at least a month now. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and we've also carried on, obviously, our community groups, which we've mostly done on Zoom. But mm. while the lockdown was a bit e- more eased, it was eased some more. It, we were meeting up a few of us in homes and stuff, and that was really nice. Excellent. Well, Kieran, today we are going to be playing some games. I've got another top three for you. Have you got a, a, an, un, an unlikely worship song for us today, Kieran? I certainly do. Excited for that. Excited for that. Fast becoming the most popular segment on the show. And we also have an interesting fact from Deuteronomy. So should we just kick on and get into it, my friend? Sounds like a plan. Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Michael and Kieran Okay, Kieran, I have a new game for you today. I thought it might be nice to not just revisit the classics, but actually come up with some original ideas. How do you feel about that? Yeah, sounds good, man. I'm up for that. (laughs) And uh, as always, if you hear this noise... It will indicate that you are correct, sir. And if you hear Mm. this noise, then you will be sadly incorrect. Love the kazoo. How would, Michael, how would you, if you were to inform someone that their job application was unsuccessful with a kazoo, how how would you do that? (laughs) Ouch. Okay. Um, Okay, let me just workshop this a little. Here we go. Um, It's hard because you don't want to give them too much hope at first. You know, you 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 can't you can't 
you can't say like anything with too much of a hopeful tone, but also, you know, you don't just want to be like, nope, you know, so you have to, yeah. you have yeah. to have, so yeah, I think that's the best I can do. It's a difficult one. It's hard yeah. to communicate sympathy with a kazoo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think it's very difficult yeah. to do. Yeah, so you really did an is. admirable uh, admirable attempt there. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. We still have to find your kazoo one day so that we can uh, have a kazoo mm. off. Well, I've got like two dozen kazoos listeners in my in my flat somewhere. Kieran says he has my two, day dozen, two dozen kazoos, but the other day I asked him to find one and he didn't know where they were. So, I mean, how can one really have two dozen kazoos and not know where they are. I mean, if a, if a kazoo they're falls in the, in the forest, does it make a noise, <laughs> Kieran? They're in the mu- they're in the music room, which is <laughs> a large pile of instruments <laughs> in the corner. And so it's very difficult. To, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, your Schrodinger Schrodinger's kazoos aside, let's play this <laughs> this game. So um, I don't know if you know this, Kieran, but if you look on the internet, you can find a lot of things. And, uh, no way. Yeah, way. And you can also find an entire list of every town in England. Okay, of so, course. And some of these towns have Christian or religious type names. Yeah. So I've got five towns for you. Some of them are real towns. Some of them are made up by me. Your job is to guess which is which. Are you ready for town number one, my friend? Totally, yeah. Okay, town number one is St. Mary Cray. St. Mary Cray. As in, do you know that St. Mary? She be Cray. <laughs> is that really? Is it C-R-A-Y? Is that how it's spelled? It is C-R-A-Y, yes. <laughs> Man, okay, okay. St. Mary Cray. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's real. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what the sound effects department says. Way. Hey! You are right. It's an area of southeast London, England, within the London borough of Bromley. It was a historic market mm. town in the county of Kent. It is located north of Orpington and 13 miles southeast of Charing Cross, St. Mary Cray. So it, it appears on the big long list of towns because it was a town. I don't know if now it still counts as a town, but St. Mary Cray, there you go. Well done. Are you ready for number two? Hit me. Number two is Christfield. Christfield. Hmm. Christfield. I never, I don't know if I've heard of a Christfield. Had you heard of a St. Mary Cray? No. Well, there you go. But, so. but, uh, but uh, to go all game theory for a moment, mm. St. Mary Cray didn't sound to me like a thing you would have made up. How dare and you? So that's where Are I Are you saying that to, I'm not capable whereas... of making up a St. Mary Cray? <laughs> It's just so random. Like, I just try to picture you coming up with, like, what does what does what does Cray mean? Sorry if you explained that and I wasn't listening. Uh, no, but I didn't explain it, and I don't know, and I don't I don't want to take okay, the time well, to research enough. it. So. No, well, I'm not I'm not expecting you to. Oh no, no, it's right here on the uh, on the web page. Let me just explain it to you, Kieran. <laughs> the name Cray possibly derives from the Anglo-Saxon "creca," meaning brook or rivulet, though it also relates mm-hmm. to the Welsh word. Cray, main, meaning fresh water. So there you go. Well, that is possible. That is maybe the kind of thing that you would have known, knowing mm. you, Michael. Well, I didn't. You though, so. polymath, you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, but in this case, uh-huh. Christfield. Christfield. Yeah, I I have a feeling you made that up. 
All right. Well, Sorry to the residents of Christfield, <laughs> who will no doubt be very upset. You've offended 3,412 people. <laughs> you are, in fact, correct, though. I didn't uh, well, well. Oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> here comes number three, Abby Lee. Abby Lee. Mm-hmm. One word. Now, Lee in, Lee in a like town or place name is definitely something I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you could just have, uh, you know, this could just be a very well-made, made-up town. So sure. I'm, it's certainly convincing. I'm going to say it's real. Okay. Well, let's take a look. <laughs> ah, I've also heard of towns with Lee in the name, Kira. See, well. see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, Not so smart now, eh? Didn't think I could make up St. Mary Cray or Abby Lee, did you? <laughs> but I did manage. You're always one step ahead of me with your Lees and your Crays. <laughs> okay, enough nonsense. Let's get down to business. Number four, right. St. Just. St. Just? St. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a difficult one. Oh, became a saint by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just barely, barely made it through. Yeah. Only a small miracle after uh, after death. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say that's real. Yeah, you sure? Mm, mm. All right, let's take a look. Hey. Hey. Good job, that one is real. St. Just, known as St. Just in Penwith, is a town and civil parish in the Penwith district of Cornwall. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, three out of five <laughs> already with one to go, so you've already won. So here's the next one. Bishop's Castle. Bishop's Castle. Bishop's Castle. Hmm. For those playing along at home, we've had two real ones and two fake ones, so it's anyone's yeah. guess as to uh, this. Ah, well... Certainly very plausible, Bishop's mm. Castle. There's a there is a an ale called Bishop's Finger that I've seen in the supermarket. <laughs> yes. On the supermarket aisle. Yes. When so when you've accidentally found yourself in the beer aisle. <laughs> yes, when I've accidentally I was like, Oh, oh. I was looking for the uh, I was looking for the Bible section <laughs> and once again ended up in the beer aisle. Oops. Dear me. I thought this was the uh the consecrated wine, communion wine section. But no, <laughs> it's the beer aisle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that doesn't really help me here with, us, <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> with whether or not <laughs> this is correct. If this was a, a quiz you know, of uh, Christian beers, then you'd be sorted. Yeah. Christian beers. Just nice. write that. Just going to write that idea down for a second. Wait one second. Scribble, <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. Good idea. Christian beer. That's gold. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's real. Yeah, you sure? Yes. Are you inspired yes. by a bishop's sure. finger? Is that why you're saying it's real? Partly, yes. I just really want a beer. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Let's check. Hey, hey wow. It's real. Okay. Bishop's Castle is a okay. small market town in the southwest of Shropshire, England, and formerly its smallest borough. According to the 2011 census, it had a population of 1,893. So there you go. Mm, cool. Well, well done, Kieran. I mean... I don't know what to say to you. I got you last week, managed to defeat you with my quiz powers, but you've done very well season two so far. Four out of five in this quiz. <laughs> it's excellent and disappointing for me. Well done. Well, 
I'm amazed. <laughs> Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. So, Michael, it's time once again for unlikely worship songs. Ooh, love it. And this week, this week we. I was thinking about, you know, how, how can how can I make this section helpful mm, for mm. our uh our Christian family in the Lord who who are listening here? What what uh how can I equip them? I mean last week we had the uh lullaby, which was about um, you know, <laughs> helping parents answer difficult questions, mm-hmm. which I think we can say that it did help with comprehensively. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I uh I've heard from actually a number of parents. And they've said that, uh, you know, it's just been invaluable and that they've been playing every night since since the podcast launched. So I think it's just bravo, bravo to you. Excellent work. And to be honest, I've still got it stuck in my head. I think it's so funny. Uh, I love that. I love that song. Well done. Well, you're sweet to say that. Let's see if this, this one gets stuck in your head for the right or wrong reasons. So... This week, I thought, what what section of the Bible could I help to illuminate mm. with my songwriting? And you know how there's a, well, there's a very confusing passage in Scripture, Michael, mm. that I know a lot of people struggle with, as I have, um, and it's the table of weights and measurements. <laughs> um, because <laughs> what are they even about? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know that there is a like they give a contemporary like kilograms or whatever mm. relevant measurement next to it yeah. so you do have some you know obviously reference to the modern day but uh they just uh they just sound uh they're all all kinds of uh all kinds of unusual these uh weights and measurements and their names and uh i thought well maybe maybe there's a way to categorize them in a fun and memorable way that would be helpful <laughs> for people so that's what this is so when you're ready michael if you'd like to have a listen And then uh, we can discuss. All right, here we go. Weights and measures. Do you ever find you struggle with the measuring of things? Find it hard to tell the difference between a homer and a hin? Ever measure off a cubit when it should have been a span? Then here's a song for you. A chord is bigger than a homer. A homer is bigger than a lethek. A lethek is greater than a ephah. A ephah is greater than a seah. A talent is greater than a mina. A mina is greater than a litra. A litra is greater than a shekel. A shekel is greater than a him. A stadion is longer than a furlong. A furlong is longer than a fathom. A fathom is longer than a rod. A long cubit is longer than a cubit, obviously. So I went to the temple in Jerusalem, right? And the guy says a dove costs a shekel and five. I thought, that's a bit pricey. So I asked very nicely, but he'd only throw in a pigeon with one wing. That'll never do for a sacrifice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Kieran. (laughs) Kieran, my man. That is very, very (laughs) funny and very, very good and very helpful. Very, very helpful. Well, thank you. Oh, so, gosh. I mean, I will say, I, I will say, I had to cut some things out. <laughs> uh, I couldn't fit all of the measurements in because um, I felt it would no longer be interesting. Oh, man. But, uh, but there's quite a few of them in there. That's so good. That's so good. And um, 
you know, there's been some feedback that I need to try not to laugh during your songs because it's, it's off-putting. Um, so oh, really? what I might do <laughs> is... Uh, I like that. <laughs> I might need to edit out. So if there, if there was no laughter... Uh, during the playing of that song, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that's because I edited out all of my laughter because uh, <laughs> because it, Kieran's fine work deserves to be uh, heard without my me chuckling in the background. But uh, I was laughing all the way through that. Uh, it's very very good. Uh, I was I was really hoping you were going to come up with some some RP posh English spoken rap music. You know, I was just waiting waiting for well, that, and uh, and you've delivered finally. I felt I felt like the genre needed someone new, <laughs> a fresh face. <laughs> the genre of uh, of Christian rap, really. I mean, if anything, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a little bit of uh, you probably heard at the end there. There's just a little bit of a sort of vox pop from mm. someone at the temple <laughs> in some, Jerusalem, some, trying to buy some cockney at the temple. Yeah, some cockney, some cockney at the temple. You know, you know what they're like. Um, but I will say, for the sake of you know. Uh, full disclosure: I don't know how much a dove costs. Mm. So, for any ancient or current Israelites listening, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't mean any offence or to misrepresent. There, I don't know if they do, do cost a shekel in five. The top, 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 top three, three, three. Okay, Kieran, following your incredible, uh, unlikely worship song, your musical talents, I've done a top three of entertainment types in the Bible for you today. So, it is simply music, book, and dancing. Now, just before you give us your process, music, book, dancing, I've uh-huh. had some questions about the top three. And basically what mm. I've done is a keyword search in the New International Version, um, quoting the exact word and ensuring that it only matches that exact word. So, for example, if I search book in this instance, it wouldn't bring up any instances mm. of books and if I search dancing in this instance, it wouldn't bring up any instances of dance. It's just the exact word, book, right, right. music, dancing. Mm. So mm. there's your top three, my okay. friend. And obviously books are very entertaining, mm. but it would be any mention of the word book. Exactly. Whether, regardless of the context. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So what are you thinking? Book, music, dancing. I want to say that... Hmm... Michael, these are tricky. Mm. They're very challenging. So well done, because they are they are a, they are a brain teaser. Fiendishly difficult. They're a riddle wrapped in a wrapped in a mystery, and so on. Um, I do my best. I my my initial reaction is mm. music must be top, mm. but <laughs> or or but not or not. I think but. I I I I think it could also be book. I feel like dancing probably in, in at number three. And then maybe book next and then music. It's up to you. It's up to you. You decide. Uh, you can call it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't really <sighs> figure tricky. in my head. I can't. I can't. Because uh, there, there's probably quite a lot of mentions of the word book. Because, you know, lots of books of the Bible. There well, are. quite a few of them, I, if I remember rightly, kind of self or self-referential mm. in terms of they mention in some way that they're a book, perhaps. Yeah, there's quite a lot of, like, the book of the about... law and stuff like that, you know. Exactly, the book of the law. Mm. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, mm, so you're erring okay, on the side no, of I'm book gonna go, or... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go dance at number... Th- dancing in at three, mm-hmm. music at two, okay. and book at one. All right. 
That's what I'm going to do. You're locking in. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. Let's see what the sound effects department say. Whee! Yay! Oh, Good what job. A relief. What a relief. Yes, you are right. Absolutely. Dancing 14, music 90, book 129. So, uh, ah, so not a huge amount in not it. Not a there. huge amount in like, it. That's but, not a. Yeah. yeah. More mm, books okay. than anything okay. else. Um, and mm, you'll be mm. sad to know that I searched circus, theater, um, all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of other uh, uh, entertainment types. No mention of DVDs in the Bible. Um, yeah, no cinemas in the no. Bible. Sadly, uh, yeah. So there wasn't yeah. that much to choose from in this category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no puppets. I searched puppets in the Bible. Um, no puppets. mention of puppets in the Bible. So well, at least no punch and Judy. Yeah, at least not in the not in the NIV version anyway. There there are mentions of them waiting for No Time to Die, the the new James Bond film. <laughs> yeah, and that's a little just a little joke about the further postponement of that film, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, very very. It's now not coming out till next year. It's a little pop culture reference. There. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that, there, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, anytime. <laughs> Well done, Kieran. You are storming through today's quizzes and another uh, win on the top three. You're getting better at those. Well, hey. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our interesting fact this week is about the book Deuteronomy. Kieran, how are you? Are you are you just so excited to hear an interesting fact about Deuteronomy? I can tell by your face. You're leaping with glee. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, do you know, this is another book I think that, uh, well, I mean, we've we've just had like uh, Numbers and Leviticus, right? Mm. So so these are books that probably are not widely regarded as the most exciting trio yes. in scripture. Yeah, definitely. So I'm very interested to hear what interesting fact <laughs> you've come up with. Well, you touch on an important point and it's a little bit of a, a pretext for the fact, which is, you know, Deuteronomy is like just a lot of a kind of retelling of, of the law as well as some, mm. as, as well as like Moses's kind of last, you know, you know, directions to the Israelites, then they put on another introduction after it was written and because some some scholars believe that the original Deuteronomy was like around chapters four to 30 something I believe and then later they put another introduction on and then later they added some poetry at the end that was attributed to Moses etc etc but ultimately yeah it's it's a lot of laws again which makes it quite challenging and um, you know there are some challenging laws in there there are some laws which feel very archaic and quite honestly uh wrong to our modern uh, sensibilities um so i thought i would kind of investigate just this idea of the greatest commandment in matthew so you know the the pharisees and the sadducees are trying to catch jesus out mm. you know jesus he silences the sadducees but the pharisees are like hey what's the greatest commandment jesus says well uh Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, and yeah, just going back to where is the neighbor in Deuteronomy? So, you know, if if Jesus says that this law, the this greatest commandment summarizes all the law, then has that understanding of neighbor changed? Um, so I just wanted to take a a moment to look at what 
what the word neighbor translates as in Deuteronomy compared to what the word neighbor mm. translates as in Jesus' opinion. And then whether that says anything about some of these challenging laws in Deuteronomy. So if you want to find the word neighbor in Deuteronomy, then it makes sense to look at where the Ten Commandments are. Uh, obviously in, in Exodus, they're in Exodus 20. In Deuteronomy, they're in Deuteronomy 5. And Deuteronomy 5.21 talks about not coveting what your neighbor has. And uh, in the original Hebrew there, uh, the word is rea, and it defi it's defined as friend, companion, or fellow. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing to think about, because when we think about a friend, not coveting what our friends have, you know, or a companion, someone who's mm. traveling with us, or a fellow, someone who is a peer, that's somewhat different to Jesus' definition of neighbor. I think that's quite, you know, it's important to think about, you know, the parable of the Good Samaritan, very famous teaching of Jesus about, you know, who is my neighbor? Well, it's it's the mm. person that you don't expect to be your neighbor. It's the person that you don't have things in common with. It's the person that actually your nation is at, is in, in disagreement with. It's, it's your enemy is actually your neighbor. It's your, uh, you know, it's the person that you're least likely to help that's your neighbor. And I just think that that's important. It's, in, it's interesting to me that the word for neighbor develops in its understanding from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the Old mm, Covenant to mm. the New Covenant. That actually it does say, you know, in Matthew 5, that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And that in that fulfillment, actually, it finds more of its full expression. Like, it's not just that mm. he came to fulfill mm. the law as it is, but actually he came to fulfill the law as it was intended to be. Um, so mm. it's, it, mm. it extends beyond that. So when you have these troubling laws in Deuteronomy, one that's often cited uh, and, you know, trigger warning for anyone listening with children or listening uh, who, you know, might be triggered by sexual violence. Um, one of the laws in Deuteronomy is if... Uh, if a woman is raped in a town uh, and doesn't scream loud enough, then she should be stoned to death along with the person who rapes her. You know, so we think about this mm. kind of a law in a modern context. We're like, oh my gosh, how can this possibly be a law that's in the Bible? Mm. Well, actually, mm. many of these laws happen in a very specific context. They happen in a context of uh, the people of Israel finding their cultural identity being... Uh, you know, struggling, and we'll look at this when we look at other facts in the future, um, cultural identity, mm. looking to be set apart from the other tribes that, and the other peoples which are in the area they're in, you know, and honestly, Jesus came to expand the law to be more like what we understand today, which is love your neighbor, and your neighbor is everybody. Mm. Whereas in Deuteronomy, mm. the translation of neighbor is is your friend, it's your companion. It's maybe a narrower right. translation of neighbor. Yeah, that, I mean, that is very interesting. It makes me think, in, in a way, to me, it kind of um, perhaps sheds a bit more light on, you mentioned the Good Samaritan, and, and the question that precipitates, you know, that, that, story mm. which is the man asking who is my neighbor and and i think in kind of contemporary christian context hearing that passage preached it tends to be sort of the angle tends to be the guy who was asking that question was kind of wanting to get out of having to make any effort mm. that he was like oh well you know 
do I have to think of them as my neighbor or that kind of thing? And maybe that's true. Like, I'm not saying that's not the mm -hmm. case. But I wonder if maybe this is it's broader than that. And perhaps there was a, okay, in terms of culture and what these guys were taught, you know, there was a sense that neighbor was, as you said, much more narrowly defined. And I wonder how much that was. Well, I would imagine it was it was a significant part of their culture because people of Israel were people of the Old Testament. Yeah. And they love that book and live by that book. So it kind of, for me, it almost puts a different spin on that, that maybe the guy wasn't looking to get out of having to be nice to people. Maybe it was more like he was, Jesus, this is like brand new to me. What are you saying? Are you saying that neighbor is a bigger thing, a bigger concept than we had imagined? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point because it speaks to how sensational Jesus' teaching was and remains to today. You know, being overtly mm -hmm. kind and loving to someone that's your friend is today's teaching. You know, being overtly kind and loving mm -hmm. to everybody is is still sensational today. And it's why the truth and the teaching of Jesus is world-changing mm -hmm. and can be world-changing, can be life-changing if we follow it. It's certainly, uh, I, I feel at a time like this, when everything in society and culture feels very polarized, mm. And there's a very kind of clear distinction between left and right, for example, in politics mm -hmm. here in the UK and uh, very much in America as well. And everyone's, of course, got their eye on, you know, the upcoming presidential election and all of mm -hmm. that. This just feels like a time where there is a pot potential for a lot of uh, disunity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think we could all uh, bear whichever side of the spectrum we, we land on to expand our interpretation of neighbor. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Thanks, man. Appreciate your thoughts on that. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you have enjoyed Holy Half Hour today. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Uh, don't forget that you can find us at Holy Half Hour on social media, and you can email us hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. Uh, Kieran, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure as always. And until next time, take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You're, you are certainly rambling, Kieran, but mm. I'm going to probably cut that out anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>